we are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. The Cheers to Comics Podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics Podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Slurds, welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I am your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 229. This week I will be going over, well, it's the weekly overview. And I use that term weekly loosely at this point. You may have noticed the Wednesday episodes recently haven't really been coming out. Uh, a lot of that has to, well, alright, I'm gonna, I got a little bit of explaining to do. Uh, the reason why, well, uh, the two uh, two Wednesdays ago it didn't come out was essentially because I was so disgusted with uh, DC fandom and the lack of comic book uh, news that I just kind of, <laughs> uh, I'd rather just not talk about it. So I just completely left it all out because if I put out anything at all, you'd probably wonder, well, why didn't you talk about DC fandom? Well, I'm just going to tell you, uh, I didn't have anything nice to say, so I'm not going to say anything at all. Uh, I guess I had maybe a, a thing or two, but and the balance isn't really there. Uh, and as far as last week goes, it, it was honestly just a matter of poor scheduling on my end. But now I think I've kind of got things figured out to where I feel a little bit more comfortable getting these episodes out. And the Wednesday episodes, you know, they're, they're going to be more of a afternoon-slash-evening release while... Everything else is uh, early morning. So that's just how I'm going to run things from now on. I'm just kind of filling you guys in. So uh, let's just carry on with the show. No more explaining. No more bullshit. Let's just talk comics. Now, uh, let's talk speculation. Uh, the week of the second, man, I tell you, there's there's a few things that could potentially catch on fire in the, in the uh, old secondary market financially. So let's talk firepower. Firepower number three. This is a big old pivotal issue that really turns this uh, this series into something, according to Kirkman. Did I read it? Uh, I said I was going to. Turns out, I just don't have a whole lot of faith personally in my taste with what it's going to be. So uh, I'll I'll leave it to you know all you guys to decide that. Uh, well, I would imagine, I, I'm, I'm hoping you guys decide everything for yourselves. <laughs> I'm not here to manipulate anybody's thoughts by any means, unless it's in a good way. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the fact is, you know, this book could be a big deal if it tends to really blow up and get optioned or turned into something. This could really mean something down the road. Uh, is it a quick turnaround? No. No, it's going to take some time for this one to heat up. Uh, Captain Marvel number 18, there's a second printing that came out with that. No, you know, it's the first appearance of Lori L, Captain Marvel's half-sister. So, uh, yeah, now it's the second print. We know that these Marvel reprints are tending to go for quite a good amount of money in the, the aftermarket. Just because, you know, like I said, everything's super low print run right now. And I keep preaching that. Everything's super low print run. And everything's, you know, things are a little bit harder to get than normal. So... Yeah, the coveted second and third, and shoot, even fifth prints at some point. Ugh, man, they, they could really fetch some dough, so I don't know. This is being a big first appearance, you never know. kind of depends on what L'Oreal turns out to be, to be honest. Uh, Miles Morales, number 18. This is the first appearance of a Miles clone. Unfortunately, I didn't get around to reading it for myself. So, uh, I don't know what this clone turn it is, what it's going to be, if it's going to gain anything in the future, but I just know that there is a Miles clone in there, and you never know, man, you never know. So this is it's a, it's a long shot, but who knows. Uh, Venom number 27 came out with a second print, it's the first appearance of Codex, so... Yeah, these Venom reprints are all extremely hot, and I just don't see how you can go wrong with that. The, the, the old second print of a first appearance of a Venom character in the Kate's universe. You just can't go wrong. 
And then lastly, I've got a third print of Thor number five, which is once again a first appearance of Donnie Cates' character, Black Winter. So, uh, a lot of reprints this week in the speculation lottery, as it's been known to be called at times, but it is kind of a, uh, y y you never know, it's, it's, it's a gamble for sure. Uh, but and I don't ever think it's a total loss as long as you own the comic book in the end. You still got a comic book, right? So that does it for the old speculation. Let's talk news. Now there's a few things to talk about. Let's get the sad stuff out of the way, though. Uh, Bob Fujituni. Fujituni. I'm so sorry I can't I have a hard time pronouncing that, but uh, he has passed... And uh, if you're not familiar with him, he was the creator or co-creator of Dr. Solar, who was Gold Key's first real mainstay superhero. So, yeah, he, he was a Will Eisner's assistant back in the day. He's been doing comics since the 40s and uh, died at 80, man. So, Bob Fujituni, this is uh, I raise my glass to you, sir. Thank you. Dr. Solar still... Still, I mean, it's only a matter of time before Valiant brings him back. Valiant's carrying on the name now, so good on you. Uh, so, I've got something to say about this next story here. The Toronto police order the removal of a Punisher patch from a police officer. Now, uh, I'm not, I have no problem with police officers being a fan of comic books, but you better know what the fuck the Punisher stands for. The Punisher stands for... Killing anybody that he deems to be bad. Well, right now is not a real good time for cops to be deciding who's bad and who's good. Uh, that's that's for the judicial system to decide. So, with that being said, kind of a shady thing for cops to be rolling around with the Punisher logo. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, fucking if you like the Punisher, you're a bad person. I'm not saying that. But as a police officer... Uh, and knowing what Frankie Castle stands for, um, I have to question you being a piece of shit. Just saying. Just saying. So, uh, yeah, good on you, Toronto Police, and any other police department out there that thinks it's super rad and badass to be rocking a John Barnthal, um, you're, you're fucking idiots. Just saying. Now, I love me the Punisher just as much as anybody else, but law enforcement, uh, I mean, the dude's a fucking vigilante, you idiots. What the fuck is wrong with you? A vigilante that kills. Ugh. It's fucking... Urgh. So, continuing on. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, I gotta shout out the Department of Truth, and then I gotta shout out all of you. Um... A book, uh, an indie book, has gone over the 100,000 pre-order mark on the FOCs. The FOCs brought in 100,000 pre-orders. Uh, now, this is the James Tunney in the fourth book, and, I mean, it's... Uh, this, this is huge. On a lot of levels, congratulations to James Tunney in the fourth. Congratulations to, I mean, everybody on that book, but more than anything... I applaud the hell out of everybody that actually went through and pre-ordered this book via FOCs. Um, I don't know if maybe it was a, who knows, it was one shop that was like, whoops, I accidentally ordered 20,000. Uh, <laughs> but I, I doubt that's the case. Uh, I, I, that's impressive for an indie book. It is, you know, it's not very often you see that number with fucking Marvel books now. I mean, the three Jokers crossed 300,000 copies sold on the first print and going into the second print, so... But that's to be expected. That's the three Jokers. That's a book that's been needed for five years now. The uh, Department of Truth just fucking popped up in previews, and... Damn, man. Uh, congratulations to everybody. We're, we're, there's gonna be a lot of people that win on this book. Uh, I'm I'm pumped, and if it does go into a second printing, which I can't, I, I mean, I would bet money that it does. That's that's awesome. Um, <laughs> deserved. It's deserved. So, uh, continuing on with the news, we have a replacement over at IDW. Um, Todd, <laughs> oh, sorry, Rudd, uh, Rudd Myers. I I I wrote down Tud, and I don't think his name was Tud. 
Uh, Tud Myers? Maybe it was Ted Myers? Probably Ted Myers. <laughs> Stupid stylus. Um, the fact is, his name's irrelevant in IDW now because he came, he saw it, and he was canned almost immediately. But it didn't take too long for IDW to name the replacement Nachi Marshawn. Marshawn? So, uh, I don't know much about him other than the fact that he doesn't say anything bad about Diamond. And apparently that's important to IDW. So, uh, there we go. Who knows what happens with IDW now? He's the new publisher. Congratulations, old... What's your name? Nachi Marsham? Fucking A is what I gotta say. Cheers to you, sir. And then, uh, last but not least in the news. At this point, it's... I'm sure everybody, and if you don't, good on you. Uh, Keanu Reeves is doing a comic book. People knew that, Berserker. But now he's, he's taking it to... It's a Boom Studios book. But he's taking it to Kickstarter for some reason. Now this I don't understand. Um, I don't know if this is just straight fan interaction type of whatever... Uh, or a way to, you know, give out stretch goals or something. I- I'm not sure. I don't know what the point is, Keanu Reeves. I mean, you could fund any fucking comic book you want with- out of your own pocket. Um, it's it's Boom Studios publishing it, with, and you know that they got the Netflix first look deal. I just don't get this. Um, <sighs> Keanu Reeves, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I hope he could write and create a comic better than he can act, because... I mean, I'm not a fan. Dude could shoot the hell out of a gun. There's no denying that. But his uh, his dialogue delivery is chaw. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about this. I'm not getting on the Kickstarter. I, I've pre-ordered it through Boom and through previews. Uh, my LCS, you know, I'd, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's kind of a dick move that he's taken away from the LCSs on this. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just maybe there's something I'm missing here. I don't want to talk shit, but it clearly sounds like I'm talking shit. So that's the news, and that's the uh, the old speculation lottery there. Before I get into the overviews, I got to talk about where you get your books, man. One of my favorite places to get books. If you're afraid, afraid of walking into buildings and afraid of germs, which you have every right to be right now, I urge you to check out Hooked on Comics Internet live sale auctions and uh, bins or buy it nows they kill it on making sure that everybody of all types of collect and all types of collectors have their shot whether it's new books on Tuesdays or the the awesome slab walls and key books and what have yous on Saturdays it's they, they they bring it, man. They do. So I urge you to check out Hooked on Comics. Once again, that's Tuesdays at 5 Eastern Time and Saturdays at 7 Eastern Time. You find them on NSCLiveTV.com. Check out the uh, Hooked on Comics Facebook page. Make sure you like that. You get all the notifications when they go live. And then you can also, you know, you're scrolling through the Cheers to Comics Facebook group. You're going to see Hooked on Comics shared out in there for sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, once again, Tuesdays and Saturdays at 5 and 7, nsclivetv.com and on Facebook. You're, uh, it's an amazing place to get books, man. And they, they, it's, uh, it's a fun show more than anything. More than anything, it's a fun show. And that's saying something because it's also an amazing place to get books. So, uh, all right, Hooked on Comics, man, brought to you by NSCLiveTV.com. Now, let's get into last week's overviews. There were a, there were a few books I'm actually really excited to talk about this week. Uh, so, let's, let's just get right on into it. We have the end of the big Marvel event, or essentially the end of the main series. There's still a whole bunch of tie-on, uh, not a whole bunch, but a handful of tie-ons still kind of, uh, coming out of this, but, um, Empire, Empire number six wraps up, it's Al Ewing and Dan Slott and Valerio Skeety and Marte Garcia, uh, the A cover by Jim Chung and James David Ramos, now, uh, <sighs> okay, 
it, it kind of dudded out. I'm not going to lie. There's a few cool things that happen. Like Tony gets Wiccan to uh, teleport um, Human Torch and Captain Marvel to the sun to harness that power and manipulate and absorb it. And Meanwhile, Reed Richards is in the Iron Man armor for, uh, fighting, uh, what's his name, Kui? One of the Katari pieces of shit. Uh... <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, we get a big, whole, huge Avengers Assemble moment where all the Kree and the Scroll come together with all of the fucking Avengers. And it's this big, epic, endgame type of situation uh, versus the Katati. And, well, they win. Avengers win. Uh, now, for this being a sixth issue, I expect more. I, I, it's pretty much them just saying, okay, the battle's over. Uh, I really th the, the issues that are gonna matter out of this are going to be the fallout and the uh, whatever the the Fantastic Four and the uh, Avengers fucking final tie-ins, and that leads into the Marvel Cosmic Universe and all of that. So, I mean, there you go. Uh, for what it was worth, I thought it was neat. You know, there were some cool moments, but in the long run, I feel like it just kind of. Fizzled out. I don't know. I don't know. I just kind of expected more. Oh, well. You win some, you... Don't really lose some. I, I wouldn't really consider it a loss, but... I don't know. Whatever. Uh, let's carry on. Marvel Zombies Resurrection Number 1 is back. Philip Kennedy Johnson and Leonard Kirk and Rachel Rosenberg on the colors. And then Stephanie Hans did the cover that I picked up. It's the badass X-23 rising from the game. Mm -hmm. So, this book uh, it really kind of threw me for a loop, which is good. I like an unexpected read. Uh, so, Peter Parker, he's part of our main group of characters we're following here and that's uh he's guided by forge and i think val and franklin richards are in is there and then veronica moonstone's a part of their little group and yeah well forge is this is essentially the zombie apocalypse is here uh galactus came down and he infected everybody and who everybody is we're still not quite sure we're learning as we go but we know that these five characters as or six characters one two three four five yeah, I don't know. Five or six characters, <laughs> they, uh, they're, they're alive, and, well, the place that Forge ends up guiding them just so happens to be the X-Mansion. Oh, there's also, <laughs> check this out, we've got this thing called Nana. Nana is a sentinel that uh, seems to have been programmed for, well, assistance. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's kind of nice having a sentinel on your side during the zombie apocalypse. Faux show. Now, Forge leads him to the X-Mansion, and, uh, you know, we all know this is an extremely dangerous situation here, because a bunch of uh, zombie mutants could be bad news. Well, the first zombie mutant that shows up is Beast, and he just kills the fuck out of Forge, because, you know, yeah. Well, we've also got a little Flarkin, <laughs> Goose, and uh, Nana, They and they're able to, you know, between the two of them, they dismember Beast, as in cut off his fucking head. Well, uh, Franklin at this point, he realized, they're, they, you know, through a series of events, uh, Franklin's family, they're, they're all, uh, at the Galactus Hive. Now, where's the Galactus Hive? Who knows? Uh, Veronica Moon, she says, peace out, I got other shit to do. Well, she ends up coming back. She comes back as a fucking zombie, and she attacks Pete and the kids, and, um, it's not looking good for them, but at the end, super spoiler here, Blade. Blade shows up and he cuts that bitch up. Cuts that motherfucking bitch as zombie Veronica Moonstone up. Now, uh, I feel tremendously awesome about this book. <laughs> it's, it's visually amazing. Uh, for me, being a newbie to Philip Kennedy Johnson, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm not going to lie, the first few pages I was like, whoa, what are we doing here? I might not like this. But it, it, before I could really even finish that thought, it turned around oh, wonderfully. So uh, there you go. Marvel Zombies Resurrection number one. Highly recommended. Mm -hmm. So, Wolverine number five. Benjamin Percy Eric. Uh, Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich, sorry, and uh, Matt Wilson. I got the Adam Kubert and Frank Martin cover. So, 
this book right here. <laughs> this was a real winner, man. It's essentially, it's Dracula and Omega Red. They have Wolverine captured, and uh, Dracula's trying to use Wolverine's blood so that he can essentially turn the vampire race into a bunch of daywalkers, and we all know what kind of bad news that's going to be. Well, after they're done with Wolverine, they just kind of let him loose because they got what they need. <laughs> and, uh, well, he, he happens to come across his other set of vampire in the woods as he's leaving the little castle. And at first, you know, he draws claws, and then you realize these vampires, they, uh... They're, they're rebels. They don't want to be vampires. They're surviving off of like cow, you know, cow's blood and shit like that. They're, they're not big fans of Dracula. Well, uh, Wolverine's convinced, so they all team up and, uh, yeah, well, they, they, they want to they wanna kill everybody. <laughs> but at this point, the vampires, they have the anti-human blood, and uh, they're, they're, I'm sorry, <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much, and they're they're just fucking up all these goddamn towns. Well, you know, they they kind of get clue or a hint as to where they may be heading next. One of the few towns left that hasn't been completely devastated, and uh, Logan and his little posse of uh, rebel vampires track them down, but it doesn't go well because uh, Omega Red comes in and kills just about all of them except for uh, one of them and Wolverine. So, uh, <laughs> I doubt we were going to see a whole bunch of first appearances here, and there are a bunch of first appearances. You never know. They're vampires. They may come back. But uh, I have a feeling this little vampire that's sticking with Wolverine here may be something. I know it's not really in anybody's super radar, but you never know, man. You never know. And, uh, this, I, oh, man, I love this shit. I do. Well, Wolverine at this point, I mean, he's, he's out for blood. He wants to kill Omega Red himself. Omega Red, you know, he killed all the, all of his homeboys and peaced out. And, oh, man, this just, Benjamin Percy is killing it on Wolverine. I'm telling you guys, it's, it's amazing stuff. I can't say enough good about it. Uh, it seems as if I'm talking quite a bit about, uh, mutants this week. Cable number four, Jerry Duggan and Phil Noto, and the Phil Noto cover. So this is more lead-in to the old X of Swords. Uh, <laughs> alright, so we've got the Galadorians, and they want to destroy Earth, because Cable has their sword, and they want to be able to get shit back, but Cable says, what if I could just tell or transport you back in time, and, you know, prevent your whole world from dying to begin with, and blah 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 They agree. Uh, young Cable has Old Cable's arm. Well, Old Cable knew this was coming, and he, instead of, you know, being a little time travel -y thing in there, he decided to plant a nuke instead. So, uh, Young Cable finds this to be, well, kind of clever, uses the idea, or respects the fact that Old Cable knew what the fuck was getting ready to happen, and, uh, all the Galadorians blow the fuck up. Well, most of them. Uh, I, well, I'm pretty sure all of them, because it turns, it's more than just the three that are originally after the, the sword, and they, they call everybody, because they're like, hey, no, we're all going back in time. And, uh, yeah, well, Kerr Sploosh, says the nuke in the arm, and, uh, yeah, and ends up with, back with Nathan on the moon in the old, uh, uh Summer's home. <laughs> Fun shit, man. Fun shit. I thought it was a, I thought it was a great read. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was, it was a fast read. It was fun. I don't know. I dig it. That's all I got from Marvel this week. Let's talk a, a little bit of indies here. Bitterroot number 10. David Walker and Chuck Brown and Sanford Green and Sophie Dodgson. Uh, Sanford Green on the A cover there. Well, it's uh, it's the boys, Cullen and Berg and Ford, versus Adro, essentially. And what it comes down to in the, the, the final issue of this arc is our boy Johnny Ray, the reformed KKK member. He gets, uh, well, uh, stabbed in the fucking back by Adro. He kills the shit out of him. And uh, Walter Sylvester, he's dragging, he drag, uh, well, yeah, he, he drags Adro to Barzaka, which is this other realm where, you know, it's really hard to come back from. So he you know, sacrifices himself there. Uh, there's also this mysterious mass person that comes in and helps out a little bit, and uh, we get a holy shit, what's the fuck, who the fuck is that moment when the helmet comes off, and I don't know, there's, there's... 
There's a lot going on here. Blink, she is in Harlem at this point in 1921, and she's this badass Jinu hunter. A huge, huge last issue of the arc. I dug it. Uh, the reason why I don't go into full detail here is because I think Bitterroot is something you should read for yourself. And I kind of, I continue to say this, you know, the surface levels, skin deep for it being, you know, a time-traveling monster hunter book, it's fucking badass. Uh, as far as pinning races against each other and all of this, I'm not sure what the message is there. But, uh, I mean, uh, I'm still reading it, so it's... I don't know, we'll see, we'll see. Either way, I'm, I'm digging it. I recommend it still. It's a great book. Uh, and uh, I don't, I'm not sure how long it's going to be before we get the, the third arc going. But there we go, I would imagine. Not too long. Uh, last from the indies, we have We Only Find Them When They're Dead, number one, from Al Ewing, Simone DeMeo, and, uh, <laughs> Maria Serra Mieto... Miati. Sorry, I knew I was gonna fuck that up. I thought I was gonna fuck up the first name. So, uh, yeah, and Simone DeMeo did the, the, the A cover on this. This is my indie speculation book of the week. I think this is, of out of all the books and indies and number ones that came out that are going to blow the hell up, I think this is one right here that's really going to take off. I should probably add that in the speculation section, but there we go, a little revisal for you. Um, uh, this, this book's incredible. It's essentially uh, th these, these space crews, they're squabbling over different sectors of these fallen gods. Those are the things they find when they're dead dead gods, and apparently all of their parts, everything from, I mean, the meat to the eyeball juice to, I would imagine, all of the juices and matter are all worth uh, a, a good hunk of money. Some parts more than others, obviously, and those parts that are worth others, that's what's going to be the most battling going on. Well, the uh, the crew and the ship we follow is the Vihan 2, and we've got George Malik as our captain, we've got Ella, uh, whoa, what is that? Ella Hacks? Ella Hauer? I don't know. As our coroner, Alice Worth as our quartermaster, and Jason Hauer as our engineer. So, oh, okay, look, we, we, I don't know, brother and sister, maybe? Uh, yeah, and, you know, it's essentially them saying, look, we're tired of going after all these, uh, um, you know, having to deal with all this you know, bickering, I guess. They call it squabbles. Why not just go after a live god? Well, no one's seen a live god in a very, very, very long time. Our captain saw one when he was five, and uh, that's that's kind of what he's going off of. Is if, I, if I could find one, why can't I find another live god? And I bet you that's worth so much more. <laughs> and that's essentially the first issue. And goddamn is it strong. The writing is incredible. The art is amazing. It is... Uh, it's, it's my fucking pick of the week, guys. Uh, it, it was my favorite thing I read, I'm not gonna lie. On every level, it was just awesome. We only find them when they're dead. And what is that? Uh, is that Boom? Scout? Who was that? Let me see here. Boom. Yeah, what do you know? Can't go wrong there. Alright, let's get into DC. DC Comics, we have Shlam! Number 14, Jeff Johns and Dale Eaglesham and uh, Scott Collins and Michael Atea. Now, at this point, you know, the first, I don't know, good few pages of this book are essentially them recapping uh, quite a bit of, well, I guess the last 12 or 13 issues. <laughs> but they do it in just a couple of pages very well. kind of wish they would do that in books more often, but whatever. Uh, so Shazam, he faces down Mr. Mind, all shrunken down in his daddy's ear. Uh, Shazam, it's, it's a pretty good battle. Mr. Mind is using his magic, but Shazam finally, you know, he destroys the voice box that Mind is using to cast these spells. He ain't got no voice, can't say shit. Meanwhile, on the outside, Superboy Prime shows up, and, uh, he was brought there by Mind. And, well, he's fucking everything up, and he refuses to get sent back. And so he attacks again. Well, this time, Black Adam shows up. Black Adam shows up, and he ain't fucking having any of Superboy Prime's bullshit. And together, Shazam and Black Adam team up, and, well, they, they're able to get old Superboy Prime out of the fucking way. Now, at this point, they got to stop the Magic Lands from folding in on each other, so they gotta team up again. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, they, they, 
they fix it. You know, I mean, you want to know how? Read it for your fucking self. I'm not here to, you know, keep you from wanting to read the book. I still want to leave some shit to be desired, but know that mm, they, 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 they kind of fix it. Um, well, at this point, you know, he's got to figure out, or Billy, he, he's, mine the whole time, he was saying, look, dude, your dad, I manipulated him to do this whole thing. He never would have shown up and tried to find you on his own own accord at all. Well, now Billy's got to find that out for himself, and he kind of does. You know, he, he doesn't come out and, you know, he's there as Shazam, and he, the, the dad seems to not have any interest in the the acknowledgement of his son in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of a soul crusher for Billy, but then he realizes, hey, I got my family the whole time. Well, now we got to go back to the whole, well, who's the seven champion thing? We thought his dad was going to step in and be the seven champion. Well, the big mind blowy in this one is Black Adam steps up. I think Black Adam just became a good guy, guys. Um... Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if my eyes deceive me or not, but I like that. I do. I think Black Adam's a cool character, and I think he's just a misunderstood character. Uh, the, the, oh, man. Yeah, this was another great issue. Shazam in 14 issues has never let me down, other than the fact that it's taken a while between a few of them, but that's okay. That's okay. As far as the quality of the book goes, deserved. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, more from DC, we've got Deceased, Dead Planet, number three. Tom Taylor and Trevor Harrison and Gigi Baldassini, along with Rain Barreto doing the colors. Uh, covered by old David Finch and Stephen uh, Finchow. Finchow? Hmm. Okay, so a lot going on here. Constantine and Zatanna and Swamp Thing and Bobo. Well, they're all attacked down in this bunker by a bunch of these rich fucks. And, you know, that being like Damien Blood and Penguin and, you know, the bad guys with all the money. Well, they're, you know, they have their little posse and everything. And they, they're down there and they exchange, well, essentially, uh, shelter <laughs> for uh, them being their, their, their goon squad. So they're, they're getting fired on like a motherfucker, but... Yeah, well, uh, Damien Blood comes out and talks to Constantine, and he pops out his etrogen, and he says, Look, dude, uh, Trigen is... Eh, he's pissed. He's mad that we've got this whole anti-life matter thing going on, and hell ain't getting no piece of it, because no one's dying. They're undead. So he's going to come up here, and he's going to literally raise hell and fuck everything up. Constantine says, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Etrigen says, No, no, no. So, <laughs> yeah, well, all that's going on, uh, you know, we, we know that Cyborg has come out and said, look, uh, w there is a cure for it, I just can't get to it somehow, uh, and then, you know, it's kind of thought upon, well, hey, maybe, you know, if it's all through Darkseid, maybe the new gods can explain this. Well, Wonder Woman gives up her rope to Constantine, and he knocks on the door of one Scott Free, a.k.a. Mr. Miracle, and at first he's not about it whatsoever, because he knows Constantine's a fucking liar. Well, Constantine was smart, he brought the lasso of truth, and he says, I'll prove it, and he wraps it around himself, and he's able to say there is a cure for this shit. Well, why would that, I mean, who, who cares, right? For Scott Free, what, what, what does it matter? Well, no, he cares because his beloved Big Barda be dead, and, uh, well, he wants to fix that, so... Uh, strong, strong, strong third issue. And uh, it's deceased. It's never a bad issue. It's never a bad issue. Oh, and while all that's going on, Penguin's creating an ar army of Amazos. Or, essentially, these units, these beings that are as powerful as all of the Justice League combined. Scary. Fighting like Batman. So, uh, Batman. <laughs> Batman number 98 wraps up the overviews here. James Tony in the fourth. Jorge Jimenez and Tomau Moray. Cover A by Gilliam March and Tomau Moray. Uh, scene. Penguin, Riddler, Scarecrow, Catwoman. Held up in a bunker as Joker War rages on. Uh, while waiting out the Joker War, uh, they realize that I'm sorry, I can't do it anymore. Uh, Batman, they're out of the picture, so they're kind of shitted. You know, it's, what the, I mean, we, uh, and then of course, you know, we've got them antagonizing, you know, Penguin's antagonizing Catwoman, saying you gave him the means to win his war, you little bitch. But, uh, whatever, we're down here, we're waiting it out, and everybody will kill each other, and we'll see what happens. Well, 
What's going on with Batman? Why is he out of commission? Well, he's been drugged. Punchline, uh, Goofy gassed the shit out of him. He's been tripping balls, seeing Alfred and his uh, and guide him in his well, I guess you could say his nightmares, not his dreams. But he's still very awake at the same time. Uh, Harley has him held up at a little sanctuary within Gotham that Ivy had created. Their little peace haven that's kind of no one else knows about. Well, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it turns out Punchline fucking knows about it. Punchline finds him, and we get our second battle between Punchline and Harley Quinn. This time Harley Quinn's a little more ready. And, you know, we got we get a good dialogue between the two of them. You know, she's trying to explain to Punchline that Joker is not treating her any different. You know, he's... <laughs> uh, she, she explains, look, you think that I... You know, I yeah, I fucked up. I thought Joker had a heart. Well, you think he has a brain. Uh, no, all he wants to do is he just wants Batman. That's the most important thing to him. You know, he's not going to kill Batman. And she says, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, you know I'm just, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm done fighting you. I'll just go kill Batman myself. As he's laid out, passed out on a fucking tree, tripping balls. Um, well, as she runs towards him, <laughs> he, uh, he wakes up. He, I'm Batman's her, knocks her the fuck out. And now it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's time to call upon the Batfam. He pulls out a battery out of his pocket, and he rings in the entire goddamn Batfam. Uh, and even Catwoman gets the call. Well, she's all pumped. She's like, oh shit, Batman's back. Check this out. Riddler, you're coming with me. Uh, what? <laughs> Everyone's like, why the fuck? And she's like, no, 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 you're coming with me. Uh, why would I? Well, because I'm gonna make you a billionaire. And that, that is the end of Batman number 98. <laughs> Riddler teaming up with the Batfam to take out the Joker. Ugh. This is so goddamn good, man. I can't believe I ever doubted James Tiny and the Fourth on Batman. I doubted it, and I was wrong. I was a thousand percent wrong. This is uh, some of the. This is the best Batman I've read since the 50s. Uh, and I mean, like, the Tom King issue 50s in that area. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. This is. Beautiful stuff. Those are the overviews for the week. That was some of my favorite stuff to talk about. Uh, stay tuned, though. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to be right back with the honorable mentions, the stuff that didn't quite make the uh, overviews, but for no particularly negative reason by any means. So uh, hang tight. I'll be right back with that. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoGuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Alright, we're back. Um, if you don't check out the ODPH, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, you really are missing out. As far as nerd news goes, uh, I know I cover the comic books. I cover everything outside of comic books. They cover everything you might expect to listen to here, but I actually am a comic book podcast that covers comic books, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I said it. So, uh, yeah, man, um, ODPH, Ken and uh, Pad and Coach are the shit. Still waiting on their uh, sports talk radio show through Sirius XM. It's going to happen any day now. <laughs> All right, so on with the honorable mentions. There are a bunch of good books that I picked up, and you know some of them I just didn't get around to reading due to time constraints because it's a big, thick stack, and your boy puts out three episodes a week and does auctions and all of that other good stuff and has a full-time job and a family. So, yeah, you know, I can't read as much as I used to be able to, but... Um, I got a hell of an apocalypse stack now. I did, however, get around to reading Hawkeye Freefall number six. This wraps up the the, the little mini series, and I gotta say, it was absolutely beautiful. Part of the reason I chose not to discuss this book was because it's something that I really think people should go through and read all on their own. 
Um, Fantastic Four number 23. It was a good read, but it was essentially just the other side of the coin um, to reading Empire. You know, I fucked up and kind of read Empire first before Fantastic Four, and Fantastic Four wasn't as good because of it. If I would have read it first, I probably would have liked it a lot more, but I kind of already knew what was happening. There was no, oh shit, that happened moment, because, yeah. Uh, Black Widow, number one, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, this is exactly what I expected out of a Black Widow book. You know, it's Natasha Romanoff being a fucking spy, huh? On the stump, number five. Uh, I mean, it, it still follows our, our original characters here, and they're fucking shit up, and, um, yeah, no, it's, it, was a, it was a good read, it was a good read. Uh, sea of Stars, <laughs> number six, this is the beginning of, uh, uh, the next story arc, and goddamn, uh, it's, I will admit, if, if you didn't read the first five issues, you were lost to shit in this, and, Admittedly, part of the reason I'm not talking about it is because I'm not 100% confident in talking about it because, well, I mean, it's been a few months since the, the, the last arc. So I'm, I was a little fuzzy on some of this myself, but as I continued to read through it, it was, it was all coming back to me and it's just as brilliant as before. It hasn't skipped a beat. Firepower number three. I know I said I was going to read it and I just... I, I guess I really don't have a whole lot of faith in me enjoying this book. Uh, at this point, it's on my pull list out of speculation's sake because Robert Kirkman shit gets hot. Yo. Strange Adventures, number five. Uh, this is that uh, good old Tom King, Mitch Jarrods, Evan Shaner goodness. And it's something that I'm going to read in its entirety. You know, it'll be a trade negotiation episode, I imagine. In the meantime, I'm collecting the single issues. I'm not missing out on that. It's good stuff. Uh, Batman, The Adventures Continue, number four. I think this is a seven-part miniseries, if I remember right. Is that Mask of Phantasm on there holding an Azrael sword? Is that what's going on there? I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know what happens in that. I didn't read it, but it's on the pull list just because you never know. You never know when I want to go through and pick up some stuff that... I wouldn't necessarily want, or uh, re be re wanting to be reading at the time, but flavors and, you know, palettes change, man. Uh, Justice League number 52. Fuck, am I just falling off on this. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's a new creative team every single issue. And that's throwing me off. Uh, at least it feels that way. Uh, give me a new Justice League writer, and I'll go back to reading Justice League. But in the meantime, I think... You know, uh, Snyder did his 49 issues, and they were like, okay, well, or 48 issues or whatever it is, and now they're just, I, I don't know what's going on here. I, I the, the last couple issues after that, I just don't, it's like everything Snyder said was gone. Uh, Alien, the uh, original screenplay, number two. Yeah, I'm going to be checking this out for sure one day. This is, I mean, I'm a fucking xenomorph fanatic it's just not a priority for me to read for the comic book fan this is a this is my love for movies type of thing and i don't want to get into all that on this podcast uh zafira and the trump number four is a six number five yeah this is the the five issue limited series from sean mcardle he came on the podcast it's hitler versus fucking charlie chaplin guys the fear and the tramp number five I can't wait to go through and check out this whole series now. I read the first two issues, and I knew I was like, ah, yeah, no, I'm waiting for this to all come to a conclusion so I can read and enjoy it all in its entirety. The King of Nowhere, number five. The, this is from the writer of Ice Cream Man, W. Maxwell Prince, and I gotta say, this shit is bananas. I, <laughs> I, the, the first few issues, you know, I, I read and I just, I don't know what the hell's going on, to be perfectly honest. I really don't. It's so weird. And it's probably, I, mean, I just read a lot of stuff, so it's hard for me to really focus that much on one single book when it, I mean, so, but I didn't drop it. I continue to have faith in it, so I, I will go through and eventually, one day, read it all in, you know, one little cluster and see what it's all about. 
Y Ash number six. My boy Charlie Stickney. Uh, he and this is the end of the first arc. I'm already subscribed through Kickstarter for the, the the next arc. I can't fucking wait. I get all of the White Ash, man. This is this is a sleeper book. I, I think you should all <laughs> you should all read it. If it if you like Lord of the Rings, and I know that that's about eighty two and a half percent of you, then you should be reading White Ash. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're gonna like it. You're gonna love it. Uh, no heroin number two from Frank Gogol. Um, I, this is a book that's on my series or on my pull list. Uh, you know, it's uh, admittedly, you know, I'm not a. It's not that I don't like Frank Gogol's work. He's not. It's not that he's a bad writer, and I'm not saying that he's a very talented writer. It uh, he just writes a, a genre that I'm not necessarily attracted to, and and that's that's it's just depressing is all. You know, but I'm not gonna deny the guy. He's 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 got what people want. You know, he's, he's, I've never seen a bad review from the guy. I'm probably the only guy that said anything remotely negative, and I don't even mean it to be negative. I'm just saying his his uh, genre, not his writing style, his genre, isn't really my my cup of tea. But because I am a collector and I know that the guy is really taking off in his career i actually own everything he does in print so can't deny him there uh ice cream man issue 20 the second print i mean if you're a dr seuss fan you picked up that cover because i mean you're a dr seuss fan uh monstrous number 30 i picked that up uh you know i'm throwing it on the pull list extra late but more so it's, it's uh starting up pull list for my 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 girlfriend so <laughs> uh yeah i just i feel like this is something she would be into based off of uh her interests and all of that good stuff i uh, picked up a couple copies of uh, thor number five the third printing because i mean obviously right uh, miles morales number 18 you know it's on my pull list i'm never dropping a spider-man title but um, you know, it's Saladin Ahmed. I'm I'm back and forth on his Spider-Man stuff. You know, it's good, and I I just have I honestly I fell behind and I haven't taken the initiative to pick it back up. That's on me. Uh, I don't doubt it's uh, um, uh, how you say quality by any means. Um, Avengers of the Wasteland number five. I think this is wrapping up a little. Uh, mini series here. I don't know if this is a five or six parter, but I think this is a mini series that people are going to go through and wish that they were on <laughs> uh, sooner. Be and I think it's. I think this is going to really mean something in the Marvel universe, and it's going to blow up. I think Ed Brisson's created something awesome. Get on Avengers of the Wastelands. Uh, New Mutants number twelve. You know, it's. I'm not dropping any X books, but you know, I'm. I'm not. I haven't read New Mutants since issue number one, so I don't really have much to say there. <laughs> and uh, well, I guess that does it for the uh, overviews, or not the overviews, the honorable mentions. Now I'm gonna talk about them wall books, the books that I got just for the covers. I know that this is a podcast; you can't see it, you can't see it, but that's all the more incentive for you to go to a comic book store yourself and pick these books up. You could see how gorgeous these covers are. I have what you call a wall, and I like to put beautiful art on my wall, and I call it the uh, wall books. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah there we go i got a few this week strictly for the covers i picked up the j scott campbell black widow cover because i mean duh uh I, i'm actually not a huge j scott campbell fan but uh, it's not that i don't like him i just you know i think he's kind of a one-trick pony but in this particular cover i like the pony that he be tricking you uh, I picked up all of the Empire uh, action figure variant covers, so once again this week I got the Danvers, the Accuser, and uh, old Super Scroll. Oh, the Super Scroll, oh, that, see, if you look closely here, you see Super Scroll has a Thing Hand and a Mr. Fantastic Arm. Ew, hey. I like it, I like it. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I never really got into the, the action figure variants super hardcore until just 
recently. I wouldn't say it's super hardcore, but I saw they were doing action figure variants for all of these, and there were double figures, so figure shit. <laughs> I said I figure shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is a good one for sure. And last but not least is the sexiest cover possibly of the year. Possibly. It's definitely going in my poll at this point at the end of the year. Batman number 98, Francesco Mattina. It's a Joker punchline cover, and it is a gorgeous. I love it. I love it so much. I'm really digging this punchline character. At first, I was kind of like, well, I mean, ugh, why? But another Harley? It's not another Harley, guys. It's not. This is a completely different character. Same, same, but different. It's, ugh. It's good. It's it's good. So and the cover, man, I just I love looking at the character. She's an interesting character design. Jorge Menez did an amazing job with her. So that does it. That does it. Those are all the wall books. Those are all the books. I, my my pile is depleted. That's that's everything I have to talk about for the week. Um, I hope you've been informed. I hope you've been. Uh, I mean, enticed. I suggest that you know you go out and you find you a nice local comic book shop that offers some good pre-order discounts and incentives, and then get on it. You know, there's a um, if 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 you need some suggestions, feel free to ask me on Twitter. You know, you could find me on all the social media platforms at Cheers to Comics, um, and uh, yeah, just find me on Facebook. Join the the, the Facebook group. It's, just get in touch with me. I will steer you in the right direction. That is my place on this planet. Uh, beyond me and my family, it is to guide people towards comics and steer them where they want to go. Not where I think they should go, where they want to go. And I will help you get there. So follow me everywhere you can, and I will, uh, I'll guide you. Um, head on over to Patreon. Leave, uh, leave me a buck there. Patreon.com slash Cheers to Comics. It's, it, it's, it's the ultimate show of appreciation. I mean, what, what more can I say? Thank you. Thank you. And you'll see that I actually just revamped the tiers. I did do that. I'm not just talking out of my ass this time. So, uh, <laughs> and I figured out how to get videos on there. So that's, that's for real coming soon. Um, now, uh, oh yeah, and then five-star reviews, leave five-star reviews anywhere you can, Apple Podcasts, and, uh, leave feedback on Stitcher and Podbean, or any, Podchase, or anywhere you can leave any type of rating, or what have you, do it, uh, but more so, Apple, because <laughs> they, they run what's popular, I guess, in the, uh, podcast algorithms, so... Get me some traffic, and this baby grows. So, uh, without further ado, that's, this, is it. this is it. I'm ending the podcast. I urge you all to continue to stay safe and uh, always read responsibly. I love you all. Cheers, fuckers. Hi, uh, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast.